What up, what up, what up, Charlotte and surrounding? This is the podcast known as Nosy. I am on a roll. This is your host, Lim Houston. I'm on a roll. Now, my voice is kind of jacked up, so please bear with me. Doing all these classes and swat has a tendency to wear a brother's throat down. But I still want to get some perspective from people that are actually listening to the podcast and who are nosy about certain things want to have explanations, want to have understanding, and want to grow. And today is lighthearted. There's no, I'm not going into anything serious on this specific podcast today at 9.36 Eastern Time on Wednesday. Yes. All right. So... As all y'all know, I'm really, really into college sports, especially football. So for those that aren't interested in football at all, you still might want to listen to this podcast because I want to understand the business of college sports when it comes to firing or terminating head coaches. And the two that I have in mind are as follows. Willie Taggart and Chad Morris. Willie Taggart was Florida State's Um, head coach for less than two years before getting fired. Also, Chad Morris was in his position at Arkansas as a head coach and didn't even last two years and got fired. Okay, so these coaches, both of these coaches, annual salaries were around $5 million a year. And in order to buy out Willie Taggart, Florida State had to pay him, I believe, $17 million, 16 or $17 million. And, the, and, uh, and then he, they also had to pay out uh, certain buyouts for other coaches that were let go on the team that were assistant coaches, whatever. But I think the total amount came to $20 million. With Chad Morris, they had to buy him out at $10 million. So what I just don't understand from a business standpoint, strictly business, strictly business. And how does that make it? How does it make sense to fire coaches within a two year time frame and not even given a full two years? How does it make good business sense to do that? So here's what we have and what we know. Willie Taggart got the position at Florida State because Jimbo Fisher, which was the coach before, who had coached Florida State to a national championship and won it in 2013, I believe. Maybe it was 2014. So... Jimbo Fisher took Florida State to a national championship and won. But after that, it was a strong decline. In fact, the year that he left, or it was the year before he left, they ended up being five and seven. Okay, so you go from winning the national championship at 2014 to 15 and 16. And then I want to say... Yeah, 17 is when they had the 5-7 and record. And Jimbo Fisher leaves. 
2018 to take over at Texas A&M. And mind you, Texas A&M is mediocre at best. So we know that a lot of what college football has from a perspective of winning is a lot of luck unless you're Alabama and Clemson. Now, they have a model, and it's mainly based on the fact that they always get the top recruits across the country. They have a model of winning here within the last seven to ten, seven to five, last seven years. So it, it speaks to the fact that most programs don't have this high caliber streak of winning. Clemson and Alabama are the only ones that have that. So they're making mad money because they always win and football always brings all kind of money. And, you know, boosters want to contribute more. People are interested. You can get apparel. I mean, people want to buy apparel more often when their programs are winning. Now I get it. What I don't get is when you have a Florida State or an Arkansas. Now, Florida State used to be elite, but they're not elite anymore. They have won national championship within the last, I want to say, 15 to 20 years. And that was in 2014. Great. But the rest of those years, their performance has been less than average or average at best. What are the expectations from these programs to where a coach doesn't lose their job? So the way I look at it is like this. If the baseline of winning is six games, okay, I get it. But every now and then people are going to, or teams are going to have bad years. They're not going to be able to beat certain teams that they should. And now you bring the economic factor into it. So if six games is the is the average in order for you to actually make a bowl game, yada, 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 in your Florida State. And what should your expectations be to whoever the next coach is? You've got to win six to keep your job. But we expect to be playing for national championships. That's a big jump. Or could you get away with winning eight games every single year and still keep your job? And not have to worry about the the boosters and the fans becoming disgruntled? Or is the expectation up there with the Alabamas and the Clemsons of the world where in order for you to keep your job, you've got to be fighting for a national championship, at least get your conference championship, at least. Because here's the deal. Gus Malzahn with, um, with Auburn, he has been in the doghouse with their their fan base and uh, boosters because they are not winning consistently conference championships nor at all coming close to a national championship. But the last time they got one, I believe, was 2013, which was uh, when Cam Newton was there. So... And the reason why I'm talking about this is because I need an understanding, like where does it make financial sense as well as to, to, to get rid of coaches? Like what, what is, where is the, 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 where is the, where's the, help me understand what kind of sense to make out of all this. If a head coach is winning 
eight to 10 games like Gus Malzahn has done, but hasn't had a conference championship or a national championship, is it okay to get rid of somebody winning? See, I'm I'm a, a fan of the Colorado Buffaloes. Historically, within the last 20 years, we have been dirt. The winning percentage is horrendous. It's horrible. But I don't have misguided, uh, I don't know, glasses, like rose-colored glasses to think that we'll ever be consistently playing for a national championship. I have my expectations as a avid fan of the Buffaloes to expect at least going to bowl games year after year after year, which means winning six games. That's my expectation. And maybe it's been dumbed down because, hell, it was back in 1990s that we won a national championship. So we're talking 29 years ago, 29 years ago. That's a lot of damn time. I was 17, 16, 17. The last time they won a national championship, excuse me. So when I look at it from my lens, people who are looking to get rid of Gus Gus Malzahn, who is winning games and never, ever missing any bowls and has won a national championship, periodically presses for the conference championship in one of the toughest conferences in, in, in the college football landscape and people want to still fire him. I I don't get it, especially with what he's done and the amount of money he has made for the program by doing what he's been doing. And then if you want to get rid of him, it's a steep amount of money that you're going to have to buy out the contract. And who are you going to go get? Everybody wants the Urban Meyer. Everybody wants the Nick Saban. Hell, and most recently, everybody wants Coach O's. Odron from LSU. But the real deal, holy feel of it all is average is what is 90% out there. If you can hit average, you should be good. But there's something wrong with it. I don't get the equation. So going back to Willie Taggart, He was there less than two years. And many of you might not follow college sports as strongly as I do, but coming into a new program, it takes about four years for you to recruit the kind of kids that you want playing for you and your style of offense and defense. So Willie Taggart goes to Florida State where Jimbo Fisher has really burned the program down because when he got there, there was on paper, there was talent. They got their stars, four stars, three high, three stars, five star kids. But the talent and the unity of that team was terrible. Then you're trying to input your own system. And I am not saying Willie Taggart is the best coach ever because there is some bonehead on the field coaching decisions that you just don't get clock mismanagement, you know, clearly the team wasn't disciplined, but again, these are not his kids. He recruited. This is what Jimbo Fisher recruited. And it doesn't make any kind of sense to me 
to fire anybody, anybody, when these are not your kids that you are trusting to to love your style. You know, it, 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 it makes no sense to me why Florida State did it, got rid of them. It's a knee-jerk reaction and pressure from the boosters because he's not winning, but somebody needs to put these boosters in their place and these fans in their place and explain Willie Taggart could not win in that situation because these were kids that weren't winning before he even got there. They weren't winning under Jimbo Fisher. And so I'm going to implement my new style on the program, and it's going to take time to take. A lot of these coaching decisions to fire coaches within a two-year time frame, I just believe is it's horrendous. It's terrible. It's stupid. It's like putting a seed in the ground in the wintertime and expecting it to bloom tomorrow. It, 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 hello? It takes time. And these boosters and these college teams and these presidents and these ADs that are getting what they call a quote, a quote unquote talented coach, paying them five, six, seven million dollars a year, and knowing that the buyout is going to be 20 million or 10 million dollars, why, why isn't there an education? towards the public to say, we're giving him four years to turn this program around. It's not going to be overnight. We're, we, we, we we're down at the bottom. Two years, three years is not enough time to turn around a program. And the cost of doing that, I'll give you an example and it hits close to home with Colorado. So that I'm not even going, I'm going to go back to Dan Hawkins era. So Dan Hawkins was around 2005, 2006. So 2000, yeah, it was 2005 when he was hired. We went to a bowl game his first year as head coach. And we played in the Louisiana Shreveport Bowl in 2006. Okay, so sorry. Our prior coach, Dan Hawkins, got fired because of the scandalous stuff regarding a girl kicker on the team and, you know, all kinds of stuff that happened to her uh, as far as harassment and whatnot. But Dan Hawkins comes in. The cover isn't fully bare. It's, we've got talent on the team. And he takes us to a 6-6 six and six record. Okay. And guess who we play in the Louisiana Shreveport Bowl? We play Alabama. And Nick Saban coached, just hired recently. I think he had only been on the team a year as well as Dan Hawkins. Nick Saban and Colorado play in the Louisiana Shreveport Bowl. We only lose, Colorado only loses by four points. But the distinction between both schools and both teams going forward from 2006, we're talking 13 years Nick Saban has won about four, I think four, I could be wrong. I know he won one with LSU, but four or five national championships within this 13-year span. Colorado has gone through Dan Hawkins, John Embry, 
Mike McIntyre, and is on their fourth head coach, Mel Tucker. In the same time span, Saban has won more than four national championships. But the Colorado Buffs have had four different coaches. Three different buyouts. Now, John Embry's buyout wasn't very much because he wasn't even making a million dollars a year. He was only making like $750,000 a year. But Dan Hawkins' buyout was pretty steep. Embry's not. And then McIntyre's was pretty steep as well. To have a losing program... Does it make sense to have all these different buyouts is the question I have. Now, keep in mind, Dan Hawkins had, I believe, five years to try and get the team turned around. Embry only had two. And Mike McIntyre had five years. So I could at least make a case to say, hey, the two that had five years and didn't turn around and get it on a consistent, we're going to a bowl game every year, I can see buying out their contract. Even if it's pretty steep. Even for a team like Colorado that is nowhere near important to college football. Nowhere near relevant. And I can even see buying those contracts out because they've been given five years. I don't get buying out Chad Morris and Willie Taggart. I don't see how it makes good business sense to do that. Help me understand if you see it differently. I would love to hear your in- input because Chad Morris wasn't there for a full two years. The disgruntlement of the fan base, I get it. Is it going to hit your pocketbook that they're not want- wanting to go to games? And maybe these teams already have analy- analytics on an equation that makes sense to say they need to be gone at two years or less than two years. But I want to know what, what those analytics are because it, it, Getting the next sexy hire sounds good for one year. Just like Chad Morris sounded good for one year because he had turned around the SMU program. Willie Taggart sounded good because when he was at USF, he had them on a winning role. But there was no expectations at SMU and USF. You get with the big boys... And these expectations of constantly winning national championships and conference championships, I still don't believe that's a realistic thought that the average fan should have. I think even the average fan should understand winning eight games a year is great. Getting six a year is good. And I know, you know, Arkansas and Florida State, they were well, they were underperforming big time. But these weren't those coaches' kids. That program, you know, it's it's almost kind of like a a wave. It was a tidal wave of losing, and then it still spilled over onto the beaches. And Willie Taggart and Chad Morris were even let go while they were on the beach. They didn't start the wave of losing. They didn't, they, they were at the conclusion of it. Because see, those kids that were on the team that were um, Jimbo Fishers or uh, Brett Bielema's kids were not these coaches' kids. In Chad Morris's case, 
he was implementing a totally different system. Brett Bielema was old school, crowned him, run him, pound him, whatever. Chad Morris is trying to do the spread offense. Chad Morris's defense was a different defense than what Brett Bielema had. So they had two different types of kids trying to run two different types of systems. It just does not make sense financially, in my mind. It does not make sense for them to have these buyouts before four years. You get to four years and you don't see any positive results mm-hmm. or the trend going up. I get it. I'm there. All right, that was my rant for today about college football and these head coaches getting fired within a two-year time frame. I think it's stupid. I, I think it doesn't make any good financial sense. I think you can will consistently see that these programs are going to continue to falter because people don't have patience. I know we're in an era where we got quick fixes to everything. We can get on the internet, find whatever we want in two seconds. This is college football. We are human beings. The human being element is very pervasive in college football. You can't turn programs around if you only give somebody less than two years to do it. All right, peace out, homies.